Listener's discretion advised. Some language or topics used in this presentation may be inappropriate or uncomfortable for some. Please understand that the views and opinions expressed by the host of this presentation are solely the views and opinions of the host and do not reflect the stances, opinions, or views of the parties discussed, including but not limited to individuals and organizations as a whole. Thanks. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What You Take, guys, the show where we tackle just about every topic we can get our hands on and then shove our unfiltered opinions back in your ears. As always, you have myself here, Steve, my brother, Chris, Yo. and Sexy Spence. Why, hello. Oh, why, hello there. Today, we are talking about a pretty common thing that seems to be happening in the world of gaming, and it is that of what seems to be a patch culture. Uh, where games are getting released unfinished, and it almost seems like it is part of the release schedule um and just kind of how that what our takes on that are how it impacts us as gamers what we want to see out of it as far as changes and really just kind of going from there chris go ahead and start us off here well honestly man it's just it's it's shameful it's not patch culture is okay here's the biggest problem with patch culture is the idea that we can fix it later but then what happens when your budget gets cut what happens when you don't have the staff anymore? What happens when your servers empty out? Because guess what? If you release a AAA game with a massive multiplayer online mode and everything sucks <laughs> right out the gate, your servers are going to empty. When your servers empty, your budget gets cut. When your budget gets cut, you don't get to patch. And then you know what happens? And it's even worse than patch culture. It's mod culture. When the community... He's looking visibly upset. He, he is very visibly upset I'm going right to strangle now. somebody. But it's when you, the multi-million dollar or million dollar developers, then look at your community and be like, you fix it. Middle fingers up. What happens is these guys do an amazing job. And they fix it. But they shouldn't have to. That's not their job. And some people love making mods. More power to you. I love you guys. But you don't have to do that. Like, um, we see it with Skyrim, we see it with Fallout 4, we've seen it with several other Bethesda games, where you get the unofficial Skyrim patch, the unofficial Fallout 4 patch, which fixes literally, I'm not even you guys, if you look at the unofficial Skyrim and the unofficial Fallout 4 patch, it fixes hundreds of items, clipping issues, dialogue mishaps, restoring lost quest, all this that gets overlooked by the parent company. And they're putting it on the modders. And that's not fair. Well, they're not making games for, like, the sake of, like, actually making games anymore. Like, the enjoyment of making it. They're making it... To, they're doing it to make money. Which I get it's a company. You're supposed to do that. The problem is, though, is they release trash and they'll be like, we'll fix it later. Yeah. Problem is, like, you get, like, Division. That was a big one. Like, I'm sorry. Division 2, when it first came out, was complete garbage. Now, all of a sudden, I played it recently? It's freaking good. Same thing. We all know that Halo fiasco where they came out with the, like, collection of all of them. Then the servers were down for, like, two, three months, and they had to come out with patches and that. Do you know how messed up I Like, I was so angry. Right. I know when we, when it first came out, um, Chris, you and I, we played a lot of, uh, a lot of Breakpoint. Mm -hmm. And things, were, like, things weren't rendering properly. We joked for a long time, like, swimming in concrete. 
like we would get into a vehicle, like we'd get into a truck and on my screen, everything looked okay as the driver. But then Christopher is talking to me and he's like, yo, like your character is still in a sitting position. Three feet outside the cockpit. Three feet outside of the truck in the concrete, just going along like nothing. And yeah, we'd be in a chopper, we'd be in a plane. And it was the Wonder Woman syndrome. It was like, there was some times where the person was three feet out the cockpit, just kind of hanging there. Sometimes the vehicle itself wasn't even loaded. It was just us hanging out in the air. And it's like, what in the hell? Well, see, and the other part about that that's so messed up about that is like, cool, while you're playing that, like, if that happens while you're playing an online game, you think you're in cover. You're not in cover. Right. So they see you as, like, a wide-open target, then all of a sudden you get sniped, and you're like, what the hell? So it's just frustrating to a game player. Yep. Then you got the rubber band effects, you got freaking delays. I, I understand, I understand everywhere has, like, that ping. We all know about the ping. But, like, the thing is, when it's totally ruining the game, that's where it's just lazy production. Yes. You're, it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, hey, guys, we released a movie, but uh, we'll, you know, go see it in theaters, but then uh, we'll make it a little bit better and do some editing later. It's total You're right. Could you imagine going to the theaters and at a certain camera angle, you blatantly see the whole cast and crew, like, or you see the whole crew in the background and you see, like, cameras moving. Yeah, we got a patch like for that. that movie next week. Right. It's like, no you you're right. lazy exactly the theaters you see the whole crew behind but then like when it gets re- released to netflix or a streaming service then it's like it's all beautiful like it's supposed to be yeah like actual editing and like i don't know production like come on it's a game you pay for what you get it's still a product and as far as i'm concerned you're releasing an unfinished product right yeah. like i understand patches and that working through thir- certain things i understand those kind of patches but the ones that actually alter the game itself don't release it cool like we all know about the cyberpunk fiasco going on too like, that all went down. PC, it's beautiful. But now you're releasing it for the PS4. You had to offer a refund because the PS4... Like, do some game testing. I am so sick of games taking over and just, like... We're investing large amounts of money into this stuff for a thoroughly entertaining product. And the fact, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, patchwork is, like, just BS. That's like releasing a car that's like, oh, yeah, three-fourths of the brakes work. Right. Well, and the other thing, too, is I'm not against patching in general, but, like... They need to die. No, no. I, I think there's a difference between... There's, there's a difference between there being like, oh, this plant clips into this thing every now and then, or like there's a uh, there's a mission where the door doesn't open right. Like, that's one thing. But like, if I got characters T-posing on the ceiling with their <laughs> and like spamming into like all over like crackheads... Might I add in Cyberpunk, you can adjust your uh, genitalia size. Yeah. Um, but, you know... There's a difference between there needing to be some tweaks that happen. That's fine. That's understandable. Yeah, that's like with any computer program yeah, or exactly. anything. No, like, nobody's perfect. That's part of the nature of it. But yeah, right. we shouldn't be Wonder Womaning. We shouldn't be T-posing. We shouldn't be getting these like flaming piles of garbage. And I'm going to say, if you're going to participate in this patch culture, game studios... You need to drop the price of your... Games. Well, and then the other thing, too, that always ticks me off is, like, you ever do that where you get a game and it's, like, a 30-gig download? Then all of a sudden they come up with a patch that's 50 gigs, and you're like, what did you sell me? Like, why is the patch bigger than the game itself? Yes. Right, and I've seen that multiple times, and it's like, what kind of garbage did you just sell me? Yeah, and... You know, and a lot of times games don't even recover from, like... Look at Division 2, perfect example. Had its release. I think it's a fun-ass game now, but when it first came out, it was junk. And honestly, it's like, it, oh, cool, they fixed everything, but too too late. Too late. Like, yeah. Well, and that goes back to one of my original points, too, is they're like, well, we'll fix it later. Not if you don't have the money to fix it later. 
Or if, well, you right. just, if you've lost the gamers, if you've lost the players, I mean, we, uh, Anthem. Anthem. I mean, look at Anthem. Anthem, mm. Anthem I don't think necessarily was ne- was as much of a patch. That was a story issue. And, and, like, there was not enough content there. But there is so much talk. I mean, we put a lot of money, I, there was a lot of money put into that game. And they're talking about, fix, you know, air quote, fixing it, Anthem 2.0. But how much trust have you lost with the players at that point? That even on, like, Chris and I, you, we've talked about it, that when they come back with it, if they want another full 60 bucks, I will not play it. Right. Oh, well, let's even get into the, like, downloadable content. It's like, oh, yeah, no, you get three-fourths of the actually storyline, and then you find out you get the DLC for, like, an additional $20, and you're just like... Just to complete the initial story. Right. That like, That is just gross. It's not needed. It's... Or, like, the pay-to-win culture, too. It's like, no, when I buy a game, I want to be able to sit down and play the game to its fruition. Right. Right, if I'm paying for anything extra, it needs to be just that, just extra. I right. shouldn't be paying to fix your mistakes. Right, that's the other thing. I agree. So, going through the... Um, yeah. So then, going through the history of the games that we've all played individually and together, what would you say sticks out in your mind as the most prominent issue with a game that was at its core not a one-off situation i'm talking something that happened habitually that never got solved spence start us with this one. Oh man uh you know actually i'm not a big fan of glitches in games like yeah. you know what i'm saying like in dead space for example just just off the example at the third level you can find you can cheat the game mm-hmm. you can literally make it so you have unlimited weapons and you can keep reproducing them infinitely oh, really it never got patched and it's like, yeah, they're kind of fun to find, but it's like, no one picked up on that at all, ever, through the game. Or, oh my god, the other good one, too, is uh, there was an Alien game released uh, quite a few years ago. Apparently, one of the programmers messed up, and the aliens never actually attacked you. So it was a shooter game where the aliens never actually attacked you. Oh, wow. Yeah, now they found the problem. It turns out it was like a colon was supposed to be a period. Something simple. Something super simple, but they already released the game, produced it, everything like that. Eventually, people, after like a couple days, were like, this seems really easy. And then one guy just stood there, and it just showed the aliens walk up to him and then walk past him. So these things are supposed to be hunting and killing you because it's a shooter game. And they just approach you gently, like Mr. Rogers. Like they were going to embrace you in a nice, comfortable hug. Get back to testing. And again, back to the cyberpunk issue, too. It doesn't even work on the PS4. How did you how did you manage to release a game that fundamentally is not working? That is not working. You're telling me not one person threw it in a PS4 and it was like not not once did one person throw I, it in a PS4 to test it. I heard that they did testing and allegedly I read an article about it. They allegedly did testing and they didn't come across the same issues that everybody else is getting. Well then clearly their testing is not right. Well and and, and that it starts to beg the question with that, like, did you do testing through a PS5 and then assume that it should work with a PS4? Or did you physically, like, power up a PS4? Right, like, did you just have one dude with a PS4 that's brand new and not a guy who's got, like, 30 games on it? And obviously, and I guess let's put the disclaimer out here. I mean, we, we, the three of us don't have experience in the game testing side of things, but it's like, you know, you go back six seven years from now and there were not these issues you go back even three years from now there were not these issues so what has changed that makes these massive projects now so unobtainable to the gamers of today 
And it's like, if that's the sacrifice, then is it really worth it? Well, I think it really comes down to, like, developers pushing these programmers and stuff. Like, the the studios, I think, are just pushing their programmers too much. Oh, yeah, dude. I've heard some god-awful horror stories about that. They're making these guys put in, like, 90 to 100-hour work weeks, like, right. overtime. Like, they don't leave the office for days. and then Right. Gotta make the, crunch time. Yeah, and then out of the blue, there are layoffs. Like, it's not a... Yeah. Oh, I've heard even, too, like, a lot of them, like, they'll put in, like, a... I don't know, almost like a thousand hours a month. And then like you go and look at it and it's like, well, yeah, when the guy's half dead, he's not going to be paying attention like he used to. That's the thing, man. It doesn't like, yeah, you got a guy who's half dead slobbering on his keyboard trying to code away. Right. I don't know if you guys know coding, but uh, it's pretty detail oriented. Right. Well, and it's like, I mean, we've said it kind of from day one too, is like, I will have the utmost respect for any studio, any studio that will come out and admit this is not to our standards right now. We apologize. We want to give you guys a final product that is supposed to be the final product and delay it. I will respect that to the ne- like for forever and forever and forever. See, that's what I give Cyberpunk to. Right. Yeah, they admitted it. They, they were like, this is wrong. We're sorry. What, what studio was it that developed Cyberpunk? CD Projekt Red. And, that's okay. And they did it in multiple multiple stages too which i admire because up like it was such a delayed release and they kept right. and they kept releasing things saying we we are not ready for this to reach the public they were actually XYZ. listening to their fans right. yeah and then when it hit the fan and it hit the fan bad yeah they came back and the the executives put out a video not even just not even a written statement yeah. they put out a video with their own face saying we are sorry this goes against what we stand on. This goes against our mission statement. We are going to make this right. We are going to make this better. So it's like, you can be pissed about how it happened, and you have every right to be pissed about it, but at least they owned it and said, we are going to work at making Well, there's this also better. a side note on that, too, is they were getting death threats. Oh, were they? Yeah. Oh, jeez, I didn't know that. Yeah, they were literally like, because they kept delaying it, like, okay, we should have it done in a month. Okay, maybe another month. They've been delaying it for a while, which is understandable. I'm like... I'd rather have you delay it six, seven months, and I get a good quality game. Right. Who's sending death threats for that crap? Like, yeah. bro. I hear you. I mean, Anthem. And then they can, those are the same guys that complain that like the game's not to their standards. Like, right. It's like, right. You can't. You cannot have your cake and eat it too when it comes to right. that situation. Give it to me now. Why is it broken? Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I mean, you look at Anthem, and I mean, I followed that game for so long through production, and then yeah. they pushed it, and like in a random co-op session, we'd get booted. We're like, right. what in the world is going on here? Like, again, just just push it out. Take your time. Do it right. Well, see, a lot of times, I think larger studios is uh, they really push profiting. That that's it. They don't care if the game's junk. Like, don't care if it's original. They want the money. They throw it out there. Here, make this game. Okay, you have six months. Oh, you didn't make it? We're cutting your studio and you're getting laid off. Right. I mean, switching gears a little bit, speaking of EA and, and, and a, a franchise that the three of us follow, can you imagine how different this is going to be in the next couple of years with Disney releasing EA's exclusiveness for Star Wars games? Good. Like, can you just, like, 
So wow. I was serious. No, <laughs> but I'm just like, this is like, I am very interested to see what happens now. Because EA, for the longest time, has been the only one with their hand in the cookie jar in Star Wars. And they keep butchering it. And they butcher it. Well, and then when Battlefront 2 got released, and you had the whole... you had Back all to of the patch. All the patches, the whole money situation. Like, I've never once seen that with, for instance, Ubisoft. We heard Ubisoft is going to be working on a Star Wars game. Yeah. There are options to buy stuff with, the, with Ubisoft games. Absolutely. But it's not a requirement. Right. Like, I don't have to put in a 40-hour work week to get Yoda. I do enjoy it, but there's, like, to an extent where it's almost, like, too much. It's like, okay, I am not, like, 12 anymore. I have, like, responsibilities. Like, you know, so it's not like I can just hop right back into, you know, a game, put in 40 hours in a freaking week, and then I'd be like, oh, I got Yoda, and I'm not going to play a game for three years just trying to unlock all the characters. Right, for sure. And it's, yeah. Again, at some point, too, because it's not like you're doing different missions along the way to do it. It's the same stuff on repeat, which right. just, it, it's it, it's a grind, is exactly what it is. But go here, save these people, go here, get this item, go yeah, here. Yeah, now imagine doing that same crap for 40 hours just to get a new character to make the game a little more entertaining. It's... And that's just it. It's, it's a little more entertaining because it's a specific character and a specific skin. It's not even anything that really alters your gameplay all that much right so i'm like mm, yeah you okay. see now i would like a grind mechanic like that it's like yeah go here do this 20 times but then you get like an alt or, or like make a, it worth or like it. a weapon or like well like, like back to like the battlefront thing oh cool you unlock vader now with that comes a new story arc that'd be right. cool that could be really cool actually right yeah. like, like you get rewarded other than just having like, oh, look, I get a, like a red lightsaber and I can ch- force choke people. Yeah, but here's the thing with like, not to hate too much on Vader, but even once you do finally get to play as him, guess what? I don't think he runs anywhere. I'm pretty sure he just does his intimidating walk. Right. Like, so it doesn't alter anything. Like, unlock a new story. Well, or, like, obviously I- you gotta spam the jump. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, so I'm I, as long as we're on the topic of Star Wars, right? Like, I'm super excited to see what these other companies are going to do in making Star Wars games. We, like we said before, we've we've heard that Ubisoft is going to be working on an open world Star Wars game, and we've seen teasers of projects like this in the past. That hopefully you can choose your path, right? Are you going to be a smuggler? You're going to be a bounty hunter? You're going to be a Jedi? And what kind of a story arc is going to go with that? Right. it's up to the the studio really but like now it's like cool star wars is like star wars is so so much to it oh it's extremely expansive incredibly and like just being stuck into one studio and only having exclusive rights to that especially with that studio keeps butchering it it's gonna be nice to see what other studios now that they have like free reigns like the chains are unleashed on star wars here they can go to town so here's a question do you want a new Republic Commando, or do you want a uh, a remake? Oh, I think in terms of something like a Republic Commando, I would love to see a new one. I like the I like the premise of what Republic Commando is just in general. It's dark, it's war, it's grungy. Um, I would love to see a I would love to see a new Republic Commando with obviously next gen graphics. I would love to see a more dynamic camera involved in it. I mean, there's I would love to see that kind of stuff. I would even love to see it be something like third person, like take something like um, Tom Clancy's Breakpoint or The Division and make it Star Wars. Right. Like those kind of like cover mechanic moves or again, 
the grunginess and the interactions of the characters in the environment, I'd love to see that with a Star Wars face on it. it oh my god, there's just so much they can do with it. Like, I would love to see an RTS game. Mm. Like, a real-time strategy with those? That'd be f- so much fun. Like, you're building AT-ATs, you're going up against Jedi. Like, imagine Age of Empires, but with Star Wars, man. That would be insanely Ooh. fun. Then on top of it, too, like, you got, like, Skyrim vibes with, like, Star Wars, like, which I hope with the open world, which is what they're talking about, it's gonna be, like, that vibe. I think, ultimately, and this is 100% my own personal opinion, if Ubisoft is going to be doing it, I think we're gonna get a very, like, Division Assassin's Creed kind of a vibe going on. See, I'm getting that vibe a lot, too. It's just, like, there's so many other companies that can take this on. Could you imagine Naughty Dog doing a story of Star Wars? Oh, my lord. If Naughty Dog were to make a Star Wars story, I would play it in a heartbeat. Right. Because they don't mess around. They, they from start to finish, they will not release something that's not amazing. Yep. As much of a hard-on as I get for multiplayer all the time, I, if Naughty Dog released it, I would even be fine if it didn't have a multiplayer. Right. Like, I know you're a big fan of the multiplayer games, and, like, honestly, like, they could even do both. Like, I mean, like, just, there's so many characters and everything like that. It would just be, there's too much to talk about in this one podcast. But, like, it's just so much you could do. Yeah. And then, like, there's a refresh on the whole, like, with the Mandalorian coming out and stuff like that. They could... I, I have a hope for something super-duper ambitious, and maybe this is just me blowing a pipe dream out. But I want to see... I would hate to see that. Take a journey with me, Sheldon, and imagine a galactic star map with all the planets that we've seen in Star Wars so far. Yeah. Every single planet has different cities, different locations. Every city in different location has different quest chains, different quest markers, different NPCs you can meet, different dialogue trees, different quest... uh, actions and consequences and so we're kind of back to like almost a mass effect vibe mass effect skyrim but blow it up yeah to a galactic well now scale. we have like they have the processing power to do that yeah. like that's the thing if they release it right the first time and don't subject it to the patch culture that back we were to talking patch culture yeah like and, and that's just it like they'd have to do it because i mean think about it right the star wars community is I would dare to say one of the biggest sci-fi communities out there, period. Oh, hands down, yeah. Like, Star Wars is the gold tier, or the gold standard for sci-fi. Yeah. In my personal opinion, like, fight me on it. If you <laughs> release a game to that magnitude that is supposed to do all of this, you are answering so many people's wet dreams at that point. And if you end up butchering it, you may have just committed suicide. Yeah. Literally. Like, I could see, like, the studio going under if they failed this. Like, so, and it's, and that's where, like, they would have to tread so lightly between releasing something that hasn't been seen done with Star Wars before and, and try not to be too revolutionary at the same time, right? Like, you gotta find that balance of innovative but not, well, and you not stupid. Have, you could also take a route uh, before Destiny became a grind fest. You could take a Destiny approach to it. You could. Where there's... That would cover the online co-op and all other stuff. There's also, like, the base game. Right. And then when we got the Forsaken DLC, Mm -hmm. the Forsaken DLC was huge. It had massive story content, revelations, um, and so on and so forth. So maybe what you could do is... That would also work, too, because then you could also develop planets and start getting those unlocked and developed, and you can start going more into quadrants. Yep. That that actually could that would be really really smart, 
each DLC, each expansion could elaborate on a separate planet, a separate story arc to its own individual. I, I, I could be on board with that. And plus, with how big and massive the Star Wars universe is, man, okay, you get the base game, 60 bucks, and it's going to be a great, expansive story. you got to find the setting and, you know, your RPG elements to it. You finish the base game, and then you can start introducing the DLC content. Oh, Twenty nine ninety nine. Get a massive, like, 60, 70, maybe 120 gig uh, download to it. I'm new becoming planet. aroused just thinking about this. <laughs> new planet, starship travel, new NPCs. Here's I would a, love to see a companion system. Oh, I still my beating heart. No, I, I wonder, would you want to see, like, vehicle engagement as well? Or um, keep it on the ground? I, I wouldn't mind seeing vehicle sequences. Okay. Um, so... A random encounter. So let's say you use hyperspace to get to A to B, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe through the engine or the software, there's like a 38% chance you're ambushed by an enemy faction. You have to pull out of hyperspace, engage them in a dogfight, then continue on your way. But I don't think I would necessarily want like a full... So you don't want like a breakpoint or a wildland situation where you can just hop into a vehicle at any point. Right, and if you do jump into a vehicle, I'm not thinking starfighters. I'm thinking things Fair. like speeders on the ground, maybe get into an ATAT, get into a tank type situation. So again, very much so Destiny vibes. And you know, Destiny did a pretty good job before no. it became a like I, they're around, but they're not like every time you turn around, there's a vehicle. Right. 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 Okay, I could get on board with that. We definitely got hopes, you know, in, in with video games moving forward in the patch culture. I mean, we've touched in. You know, a few other episodes. We've got some big games that are set to come out. Gotham Knights. We talked about the Harry Potter game. Obviously, we're waiting to see more Star Wars stuff come out. We're waiting for Cyberpunk to become what Cyberpunk is supposed to be. And it's really just all in that hopes that we're going to hopefully just see the end of this patch culture sooner than later. Because for for gamers who have been gamers for a bit, casual and hardcore, and then people that are getting fresh into it, you don't want to put a lot of money into something that's not right that's broken right from the unboxing right you know i would love it so much i know it's probably not going to happen but i would love it so much if a bunch of studios like ubisoft and naughty dog and like so on so forth have like closet star wars projects that have been oh, hidden like, away just they, in case yeah like they don't have the rights to them so like they're like hank hank go open up the island cabinet we're doing it today <laughs> I love it. Get I the hard it. drives. It's happening. <laughs> He's got like a secretary that has the, the matching key to unlock the super secret vault. <laughs> yeah. They have to time the unlocking perfectly to get into the Star Wars vault specifically. Yes. It's time. There's just like a glow coming from it. Like, <laughs> I freaking love it. All right, guys. Well, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Put your opinions about the patch culture down in the comments. As always, keep it fun. Keep it friendly. That's why we do what we do here. And until next time, as always, peace. Oh.